Welcome to Twisted Tales of Madness and Murder Presents, Serving Ruth. This tale begins in the afternoon as Tony, who is in his 20s, wearing jeans, black t-shirt, and a weathered Oakland A's baseball cap, sits in the driver's seat of his Kia SUV staring out the window down the street at a lavish two-story house as he carefully opens up the small metal case and pulls out marijuana, which he loads into a pipe. Rick, also in his 20s, wearing a pair of industrial cargo pants and an old-school Atari t-shirt, sits in the passenger seat holding a handheld digital video recorder that is aimed at Tony. Tony reaches down and grabs a lighter out of the center console and is about to light it, but suddenly stops when a car comes into view at the end of the street. Maybe this is going to be the one, finally. Tony leans forward, looking out the window, then shakes his head in disgust. Negative, Ghost Rider. That is not our target. Tony lights the lighter, then brings the flame down to the marijuana and inhales a large amount of it before finally blowing it out and filling the car with smoke. Tony takes a deep breath, then grabs a collection of paperwork, studying it before tossing it on the dash, then looks down at his watch. Well, according to the client, our target should be driving up to his residence any minute now. Tony holds the pipe out to Rick. No thanks. Tony brings the pipe to his lips and is about to light the lighter, but stops when he notices a red charger rounding the corner. This has got to be our guy. Tony grabs the papers off the dash and runs his finger down them, then suddenly stops. ADZ-1913. Tony looks up at the fast-approaching charger. Does that plate say ADZ-1913? Tony squints, then slaps the steering wheel. Hot damn, we got ourselves a winner. Tony stuffs the pipe and the lighter in the center console, then looks right at the camera, smiling. Let's go serve this motherfucker and ruin his day. Tony grabs the papers then opens the door and gets out. Rick climbs out, doing his best to keep the camera on Tony. Tony, holding the papers down by his side, casually walks up the long driveway toward the charger that has just parked as Rick trails behind, keeping him in the viewfinder. Chris, in his 40s, wearing cut-off camouflage pants, along with a Ted Nugent concert t-shirt and sporting a crew cut, climbs out of the passenger side. Miko, in her 20s, Chris's girlfriend, Filipino, wearing tight short shorts, a tight white top, and oversized sunglasses, gets out of the driver's side. What's going on, Chris? Chris and Miko, both startled, quickly turn around. Who the fuck are you? Miko notices Rick with a camera and points at him. Why does he have a camera? Tony, ignoring Miko, looks at Chris. You are Chris Taylor, right? Chris looks at Miko, then back at Tony. I have no idea who you're talking about. But you need to get the fuck off my property right now before I call the police and have you arrested for trespassing. Chris points over at the gate. You must be one of those illiterate piece of shits because the sign on that gate clearly says no trespassing. Tony glances back at the sign on the gate, then looks back at Chris. Yeah, it does clearly say that as I clearly read it when I walked past it. Chris, angry, looks over at Rick. You better not be filming me right now. That camera better be fucking off. Chris takes a step toward Rick, but Tony steps in front of him, blocking him. Here's something you'll probably find pretty damn interesting, Chris. I've been doing this job for a long while now, and you want to know the one thing it's really taught me? Chris just stares at Tony. It's actually taught me how to sniff out somebody that's flat out lying to me and standing right in front of me. Is that so? Well, tell me, fuckface, how can you tell? 
Yeah, the intended targets always act like asshole douchebags. They actually take the stance and attitude that you're presently demonstrating. Tony holds the papers up in front of Chris's face, then drops them at his feet. That is why I know you are Chris Taylor. You've been served, chode liquor. You're just a little asshole. He doesn't have to accept those. He never touched them. Tony turns to Miko. You watch too many fucking movies, lady. Without warning, Chris dumps a can of grape soda over Tony's head. How do you like that, you little prick? Tony steps back, looking down as the grape soda rolls off his head and down his shirt. Are you fucking kidding me right now? What is wrong with you, man? Who dumps a can of soda on somebody? Are you, like, in grade school or something? Chris, in dramatic fashion, crushes the can, then throws it at Rick, who quickly ducks out of the way. I told you to turn that fucking thing off. Come on, Chris. What's with all the grandstanding? I would think you would really hold yourself in reserve, you know, because of all the trouble you're in, what with that money fraud situation you're in. Chris steps right up to Tony, getting in his face. Do you really want to add assault to that? What are you waiting for? Beat his asshole. Chris gives Miko an inquisitive look, then looks back at Tony. I hope you enjoy the rest of this beautiful day. Tony turns around, looking at Rick and the camera. Let's bounce. Tony and Rick walk down the driveway toward the street. You're not leaving here without your shit. Tony glances back at Chris, who is picking up the paperwork and walking after them. Tony, still walking, looks at the camera, smiling. Holy shit! You are about to see something funny as fuck! This is why I always take the staples out. I said, you are not leaving here without taking this bullshit with you. Chris hurries up behind them and throws the papers at them, but they quickly all come apart and explode like a paper bomb, sending pages in all directions. Son of a bitch! Chris watches as pages flutter about all over his yard and driveway. Those are uh, rather important papers, so I would do my best to ensure you don't lose any of them. Chris, furious, runs over to one of his flower beds and works on digging out a large rock as Tony looks at Rick. I think now would be a really good time for us to get out of here. Tony gets in the car quickly firing it up as Rick jumps in the passenger seat. Tony puts the car in gear as Chris can be seen out the back window, running up with a rock over his head. I think that guy totally plans on smashing my back window out with that rock. Rick looks out the back window. That guy is beyond pissed off right now. Rick aims the camera out the back window at Chris as Tony steps on the gas. Chris, screaming profanities, runs after Tony's car, but can't catch it, and finally just drops the rock in the middle of the street. Tony, laughing, drives down the street, then looks over at the camera. I told you that shit would be gold. Tell me this wouldn't make one hell of a reality show. I deal with these types of idiots on a daily basis. Tony reaches down and pulls his shirt up to his nose and smells it. (laughs) I will admit, that is the first time anyone has ever poured a fucking soda over my head. That dude actually dumped a grape soda on me. Tony looks over at Rick. People will watch this. We just need something to make it pop, you know? Those episodes we have up already for pushing papers have great things in them, but people just aren't engaging with it yet. Tony looks down at the floor by Rick's feet. What do we have next? Rick reaches down to the floor, grabbing a folder with a red dot on it, and hands it to Tony, who grabs it. This might be our meal ticket, amigo. We got ourselves a red dot. A red dot? What the hell does a red dot mean? It means the person we're dealing with is a real slick willy. They like playing hide-and-seek with us. Hide-and-seek? These people know papers are coming their way, and they'll do whatever it takes to avoid getting them. That's why these boys pay three times more than your standards serve. 
Tony with one hand on the steering wheel and the other flipping the folder open, looks over the paperwork as he speeds down the road. Looks like we will be serving some chick named Ruth White. What is she being served for? I'm sure it's for... Tony runs his finger down the page. Yep, just what I thought. She's getting papers because of delinquent payments. Tony slowly pulls the car up alongside a curb in front of a dilapidated house that looks abandoned. The front window is covered in grime and has a crack that runs the entire distance of the window. The bedroom windows are just as bad, and instead of curtains hanging, there are soiled blankets. The roof is covered in moss and sags in several places. The grass in the front yard stands several feet high and is saturated with weeds and garbage. Wow, what a shithole. Apparently Ruth has never heard of a Home Depot. Rick looks out at the house, filming it. Are you sure you put the right address in? This place is destroyed. Nobody could be living in there. Tony looks at the paperwork, then out at the house. Matches the address on the paperwork. Tony grabs the pipe and lighter and takes a quick hit. Let's go knock this shit out and then grab some drinks. Tony grabs the paperwork, then climbs out of the car. Tony carefully walks through the tall grass and garbage, finally reaching the filthy white front door that has been smeared in fecal matter and has the remains of eggshells stuck to it. Tony looks back at Rick, who is stepping up behind him. Tell you what, I'll let you go ahead and knock on this one. Rick looks up and aims the camera at the door. I think I'm going to pass. Tony looks for a spot on the door to knock, then decides to just kick the door lightly with the tip of his shoe as Rick stays in place with the camera aimed at the door. Tony kicks the door several more times, then steps back and scans the window. Like I said, I don't think anybody even lives here. You may be right, but then again, they could just be trying to dodge me. Tony suddenly points at the far bedroom window where the stained, filthy blanket is gently swaying back and forth. Will you look at that? Somebody is in there. Tony makes his way to the window, tripping over some garbage. Ah, shit! Tony gets up, then walks up to the window and knocks on it. Hello, Ruth White? You in there? Come on, I know you're in there. Let's not play these games today. Let's just get this over with. The blanket remains still, causing Tony to sigh, then walk back over to the front door, grabbing hold of the handle, trying to turn it, but finds it locked. Damn. What are you doing? You just can't open the door. (laughs) I can do whatever I want. I work for the courts. Besides, I could use the extra money this paper will pay me, so I'm doing my due diligence. Tony kicks the door a couple more times. Let's go, Ruth. Just open the door already. The sooner you open the door, the sooner I stop bugging you. Tony steps back and looks over at the side of the house. What is it? You see something over there? Relax. I'm just looking to see if there's a gate or something. Why are you looking for a gate? Because since she doesn't want to open the front door, we are going to go check out the back door. What are you talking about? Isn't that elite? Tony sticks his hand up, cutting off Rick. I do this kind of shit all the time. Part of the job. They play their games and I play mine. Tony steps off the front steps into the overgrown flower bed and pushes his way through some bushes until he disappears out of sight. Tony? Rick gets no reply, causing him to take a step toward the bushes. Tony suddenly pushes his head out of the bush, startling Rick. Looks like we got ourselves a gate, Slick. Let's go. Tony's head disappears as Rick sighs, then pushes through the bush. Rick comes walking out of the bushes and finds Tony standing in front of a rusty gate with his hand on it. Is it locked? Tony rattles it, 
but it doesn't open. I think it's just so rusted it won't open. However, I just happen to know a trick that might fix that. What would that be? Tony swings his shoulder into the gate, which breaks off one of the hinges as it slowly opens. Just put a little shoulder into it. Tony steps into a backyard that is just as messy as the front, with Rick right behind him. Maybe it was just the furnace kicking on that, that moved the blanket in the window. Tony shakes his head. Oh, please. You know as well as I do that the furnace in this place probably isn't working. My gut's telling me that there's somebody in there, and I'm going to find out who. Tony makes his way over to where the slider door should be, but instead finds it sealed up with plywood. So much for that door. Rick steps toward Tony, but Tony grabs him and stops him. Tony gestures to the ground, causing Rick to look finding a bear trap with a small bowl of cat food in the middle of it. What the fuck? I just about got my foot taken off. Who puts a bear trap in their backyard? Tony looks down at the bowl of cat food. Somebody that apparently doesn't like cats. Tony notices a set of steps leading down to a door at the end of the house, then hits Rick on the arm. We've got stairs. Tony walks over to the top of the steps and looks down at the door, then at all the empty bleach bottles in front of it. Rick steps up alongside Tony, aiming the camera down the stairs. What's with all the bleach bottles? It's a little fucking weird, don't you think? It's definitely a little weird, for sure. Tony carefully walks down the steps, pushing aside plastic bottles with each step until he reaches the door. Kind of reminds me of those fucking uh, ball pit things they had over at Chuck E. Cheese and shit when we were little. Tony grabs the handle to the door and twists it back and forth as Rick zooms in on him. Tony, smiling, turns to the camera. It's unlocked! Tony turns back to the door and is just about to push it open when it is suddenly jerked out of his hand, causing him to stumble backwards, tripping over the plastic bottles and falling to the ground. A woman in her 40s, wearing a matted, dirty white fur coat with matching white pants and slip-on white shoes with holes in them, sticks her head out. The woman's dark, beady eyes dart back and forth between Rick and Tony. Her greasy, tangled black hair hangs down in front of her pasty, white, pockmarked face. Tony struggles to stop sinking into the plastic bottles. Who are you people? Tony braces himself on the bottom step as Rick takes a step down, sticking his hand out to Tony. Grab my hand! The woman shifts her gaze to Rick, who pulls his hand away and steps back up to the top step. Who are you? Rick, nervous, swallows hard. Rick. The woman stares at his eyes, then at the camera in his hand. What is that contraption you have in your grasp? Rick glances down at the camera, then back at the woman. Um... It's a digital recorder. Digital recorder. Hmm. That is very interesting. The woman, puzzled, tilts her head from side to side as she stares at the camera. Tony, using the bottom step for leverage, pushes himself up, but slips and no. falls no. back into the bottle, no. causing no. the woman no. to turn her head back to him her eyes boring deep into his, as Tony freezes on the steps. And what about you? Would you allow me the courtesy of knowing who I'm currently staring at? Tony is finally able to get to his feet. My name is Matt. Are you Ruth White, by chance? The woman laughs hysterically for several seconds, then suddenly stops. <laughs> find it amusing you think I am Ruth White. So you're not? 
I am not. I'm just a friend that stops by now and then and hangs out for a bit. The woman leans back, feeling unsure of the situation, as she looks Tony up and down suspiciously. You don't look like authority figures, nor do you look like bankers. So I must ask, what business it is that you seek with Ruth that you would attempt to break into her dwelling? Tony holds his hands up. Oh, oh, slow down there. We weren't trying to break in. I just have some really important paperwork that I need to get to her as soon as possible. Important paperwork? Tony holds up the papers. Yeah. Oh, I would be more than happy to receive those papers. Then give them to her, if you would like. The woman reaches out with her grimy hand, her crusty yellow fingernails scraping at the papers. But Tony quickly pulls them back out of her reach. Sorry, but I'm only allowed to give these to her in person. The woman slowly withdraws her hand back. <sighs> I see... Tony looks past the woman into the dark house. So, since you say she's not here right now, by chance would you know when she'll be back home? The woman scratches the side of her head, causing a snowstorm of dandruff to cascade down onto her shoulders and floor. Uh, it is uh, somewhat of a difficult question, I must answer. Generally, when she steps out, it is uh, usually for no more than, say, 30 minutes or so. How long ago did she step out? The woman taps her gnarly fingers against her lips as she mumbles to herself. Tony glances up at Rick, then back at the woman who snaps her fingers in excitement. I feel very confident in my answer I am about to supply you with. She should be back in about 20 minutes, give or take. 20 minutes? Tony looks up at Rick, then up at the dark clouds that are beginning to release a light drizzle. What in the world was I thinking? Please forgive me for my lack of manners. Why don't you boys come inside out of the rain and stay dry as you wait for Ruth? The woman, excited, claps her hands together several times. It's not often we receive guests out here. I could perhaps make you a snack, something to fill your bellies. That reminds me, by chance, did you happen to see a cat in my trap out there? No. Oh, darn it. I thought for sure I'd get one today. There's been this really slinky grey one that has been sneaking around out there the last couple days, just taunting me. There are other ways to get rid of cats that don't require using a bear trap. <laughs> Why the heck do you want to trap them anyways? The woman rubs her stomach. Because, silly, they taste so, so good. The woman swings the door all the way open, then steps back gesturing for them to step in. Please, come in. The woman gives Rick a wink and a smile before turning and disappearing into the darkness of the house. Rick looks at the doorway for several seconds before turning to Tony. Oh my God, that chick is batshit crazy, man. Tony ignores Rick as he leans into the doorway and looks around. What the fuck are you doing, Tony? Tony looks up at Rick. I'm gonna go in and wait for Ruth. Are you coming? Rick points at the doorway. Inside? Are you fucking crazy? I don't think that's a good idea at all. That shit could be dangerous, man. It's gonna be dark soon. Tony looks at Rick, surprised. What are you talking about? She's not dangerous. And if she tries anything, I'll unload this bitch on her. Tony reaches down and pulls out a can of mace. And when did you all of a sudden become afraid of the dark? I just... I don't want to be in the dark with her. Tony holds up the paperwork and points at the red dot. 
You see that red dot? That red dot means a cool $150 in my pocket if I serve this chick. And that's what I'm gonna do. Rick walks down a couple steps. Didn't you get a good look at that lady? You can't stand there and tell me you don't think she's at least a little bit off. <laughs> yeah, dude, that bitch is obviously five cans short of a six-pack, but I guarantee you she's just the type of person that will sell this show for us. This will be a killer episode. Are you boys coming in after the ride? Rick looks out the door, then back at Tony. Fuck that. You do what you want to do, but my ass isn't going into that creepy house. We are literally at the point in a horror movie when the characters can actually make a good decision and just walk away instead of being dumb as fuck and walk right into the jaws of... Rick motions toward the house. Whatever the fuck that could turn out to be. This is not a horror movie, dude. You just plan on sitting out here in the rain? I'll just go sit in the car. You gotta be fucking kidding me, Rick. You need to grow a set of nuts right now and man the fuck up. I can't film myself. Do you want to be the guy on the box of Wheaties, or do you want to be the sorry son of a bitch sitting at home eating them, wishing he was the guy on the box? Tony slaps Rick on the arm. We're just going to go in and film a bit with the nut job, then serve this Ruth when she comes home, then we're out of here. Keep your eye on the prize, amigo. This shit is going to make us famous. You watch. It won't be long before every household in America will be talking about us and pushing paper. Come on, man, I can't do this without you. You don't even have to talk to her, just film it all. As soon as we serve this Ruth chick, we leave, right? Tony snaps his fingers. Like that. Fine. Let's just get this shit over with already. You are so not going to regret this decision. Tony smiles, then slowly walks into the house. I'm pretty sure I'm already regretting it. Rick, hesitant looks up the steps, then turns back and wades through the plastic bottles and into the house. Rick walks into the basement of the house, stepping on a dirt floor that is littered with more empty bleach bottles and miscellaneous garbage. Tony is standing at the bottom of some stairs, looking up them. Rick, using the light from the camera to make his way through the dark basement, notices two crudely made crosses stuck in the ground at the far end of the basement. Do you see that shit? Tony looks over at the crosses. What? What do you mean, what? Can't see those goddamn crosses sticking out of the ground? Do you think they're like grave markers or some shit like that? So what? Maybe they buried a pet down here or something. In the basement? You know what? Let's not focus on the fucking crosses. Just keep the camera rolling and follow me. Tony grabs the wobbly railing and slowly makes his way up the squeaky stairs. Rick stands at the bottom, filming Tony's ascension, then looks back once more at the basement door, then at the two crosses in the ground then slowly walks up the stairs. Rick reaches the top of the stairs, finding Tony standing in the kitchen, covering his nose and mouth with his shirt. Rick all of a sudden catches wind of a vile smell that quickly causes him to gag, but quickly regains his composure as he pulls his shirt up over his nose and mouth. Oh my god, that shit is terrible. It smells like something died in here. Tony and Rick stare in disbelief at the kitchen that is in total disarray. The floor is covered in garbage and various types of decomposing food, allowing shelter for the roaches scurrying around. The floor surrounding the refrigerator is soaking wet and sagging. Tony points at the wall that is covered in unrecognizable drawings and symbols. Make sure you get all that on tape. Rick turns the camera toward the wall, then pans along, showing that half of the cabinets are hanging off the wall and resting on the warped countertop. The remaining cabinets on the wall have no doors. He stops the camera on a small charcoal grill that is sitting on the floor 
with what looks like the remains of a cooked cat resting on the grates. Another cat lays next to the grill, its belly sliced open and its internal organs hanging out. I'm telling you, man, let's just get the hell out of here right now. My horror movie 101 is kicked into overdrive right now. Tony looks at Rick. This creepy-ass place will have viewers glued to the screen. Hollywood couldn't even set design this look. Just keep filming all of it. Rick, doing his best to keep his shirt up over his nose, steps up to the grill and zooms in on the cat carcass when Tony taps him on the shoulder. Make sure you get all the cat heads. What? Rick looks at Tony, who is pointing over at the corner of the counter at a collection of severed cat heads that are piled up in a crude pyramid. These people are certainly not your typical cat folks. That's not funny, man. These people obviously have some serious fucked up issues. All of a sudden, the woman appears in the viewfinder of the camera, startling Rick. I must apologize for the messy condition of this dwelling. <laughs> like I said earlier, we often do not receive guests, so had I known of your arrival, we would have been more diligent in making things more presentable. I don't think it mattered much if you had a year to clean up this place. The woman looks at Tony. I beg your pardon? Did you speak something intended for my engagement? It was nothing. I was just uh, wondering when Ruth will be getting back, is all. The woman taps the side of her head several times, then smiles. Mm, very soon. That's really not very informative, but thanks. The woman looks over at Rick. Perhaps you would care for some warm pussy? Rick looks at the woman, confused. Excuse me? The woman points down at the cat remnants on the grill. Freshly cooked pussycat? No, thank you. I'll pass. The woman looks at Tony. What about you? It sure does smell appetizing, but unfortunately I just ate not too long ago. <sighs> You're missing out. The woman licks her lips. Mm -hmm. I'm sure we are. Well, let's not stand around here in the kitchen. Why don't you all come on out to the living room as we wait? The woman motions for Tony and Rick to follow her. Just in here. The woman walks out of the kitchen and out of sight as Tony looks over at Rick. I know what you're thinking, but just hang in there a little longer. Oh, you know that I'm thinking that you're a prick asshole for keeping us in this place with that insane chick. She's desperate need of help. So let's go call the police and have them deal with her. Just keep filming. Once we're out of here, you can call whoever you want. I can... The woman suddenly pops her head back in, giving Rick an inquisitive gaze. Why all the quiet whispering? Are you plotting against me? Planning my demise, perhaps? Of course not. I sincerely hope not. Since I've gone out of my way to show you such hospitality and all. The woman stares at Rick for several more seconds, then turns around and walks into the living room. Tony walks up to Rick, laughing. <laughs> I think she's got a thing for you, buddy. Keep up. Tony turns and walks out of the kitchen into the living room. Tony walks into the living room, finding it nearly empty. A small porcelain doll, missing an eye and with a crack on one side of its face, sits in the far corner, surrounded by dust bunnies. Several candles sit on the windowsills with trails of wax dripping all the way down the walls and pooling on the floor. The walls and hardwood floor are covered in the same odd scribbling as in the kitchen. The woman sits in the middle of the living room on the floor as Rick steps in and stands next to Tony. The woman taps the floor as she looks at Tony. <sighs> Please, join me. 
Tony slowly walks over to the woman and sits down across from her, studying her carefully as Rick stands right by the entrance of the kitchen. I couldn't help but notice all the empty bleach bottles laying around here. What the heck are you guys using so much bleach for? The woman looks down at the floor, slowly running her fingers along one of the symbols. It's for the snakes. Tony, not sure if he heard the woman right, leans in closer to her. Did you just say it was for the snakes? The woman raises her head and looks Tony in the eyes. I have snakes in my vagina. Tony looks at Rick, startled, then back at the woman. Snakes. Snakes that live in your vagina. They are very crafty creatures, you see. If I neglect my vagina and miss just one of the many required treatments with the bleach, those little bastards will take advantage of my forgetfulness and come slithering out in droves, biting me all over my legs. Tony can't help his morbid curiosity, leaning in close to the woman. Does this snake thing happen to you often? The woman gazes at Tony. Let me just say, it happens much more often than a man's hard member filling my void. The woman reaches over and runs her hand down Tony's leg, causing him to quickly slide his leg out of her reach. Would you like to see the bites? The woman stands up and unties her pants as Tony holds his hands out. That's okay, I don't need to see him. The woman stops short of pulling her pants down and gives Tony an odd look. No? That's right, there is no need to show me. Why don't you just sit back down? The woman looks over at Rick. What about you? Do you want to see the bites? Rick just shakes his head no. Ruth is coming home soon, right? It's getting dark. The woman, angry, looks down at Tony. I have already told you this information based off the best possible assumptions I could conclude. So why do you feel the need to ask me again? The impression that is circling me this very moment is one that feels you think I am lying to you. Now I can't fathom why you would think such things. Yikes. Just dial it back a little bit. I'm sorry if I gave off any kind of impression that you were in any way lying to us. I never thought that at all. Tony looks around the living room that is getting darker. Any chance of you turning on some lights? The woman shifts her eyes from Tony to Rick, then back to Tony. Unfortunately, it would seem the power company has gone and cut off our ability to power our lighting devices. The woman smiles. Uh, But don't you worry, because I will light some candles momentarily providing the needed illumination you are seeking. The woman ties her pants, then kneels back down, leaning in close to Tony. Would you like to hear a secret? It's a really good one about Ruth. A secret? Sure. Tony looks up at Rick and winks, then looks back at the woman. She killed them. She? Rosalie. She killed her husband, Carl, and their teenage daughter, Mandy. Well, she didn't just kill them. She butchered them into pieces. The woman taps the floor with her finger. In this very house? Really? Oh, yes. Why? Do you really want to know? Absolutely. The woman rubs her hands together. She came home one evening and found her daughter and husband packing their things as they were planning on leaving. That's not good. No, it was not. It was not good at all. Ruth was fit to be tied. She lost all control and snapped. And in the process, delved deep inside herself, and trudged up this, this rage she had never experienced, and she unleashed it upon them in such a wicked manner. 
The woman, all of a sudden, springs up, swinging her arms wildly and clawing at the air, which causes Rick to jump back, hitting the wall. The woman's eyes grow wide and flash with anger. Oh, your husband and daughter were completely caught off guard. She sprang upon them like some kind of, of wild animal, viciously tearing at them with her nails. She tore through her husband's chest and pulled out his still beating heart. Her daughter tried to get away and made it all the way out here to the living room before Ruth got a hold of her and ripped her throat open with her teeth. Her blood spilled everywhere on this very floor. Tony and Rick both looked down at the floor at the same time, trying to contain their shock. Then back at the woman, who is watching them, her breathing erratic. What did she do with the bodies? She dragged them down to the basement and buried them. The woman leans her head back and clenches her jaw then suddenly flings her head forward with wide eyes, looking at Tony and Rick. Who the hell are you? What are you doing in here? What are we doing in here? You invited us in, remember? Are you okay? Oh my god, you gotta get out of here before it's too late. Before she comes back. Before she comes back, who are you talking about, Ruth? That's who we're waiting for. The woman runs up to Tony, grabbing him. I am Ruth. Don't you see what she has done? She has tricked you with her menacing way into coming in so she can kill you. Did you just say kill us? She has killed so many. She started with my husband and daughter, and now she will kill anybody she can. I can't stop her now. She has gotten far too powerful. Every time I try to get help, she takes over. The woman's entire body suddenly convulses, causing the veins all throughout her body to bulge out. <gasps> She's coming back! Rick, worried, looks at Tony. That's it. I'm fucking out of this place. Get out before it's too late. <gasps> The woman all of a sudden falls to the floor and lays face down, motionless. <laughs> this shit is incredible! Tell me you got all that! Rick lowers the camera as he steps up to the woman. Is she, is she dead? I don't know. Give me some light. Rick takes a step toward the woman, shining the camera light on her. Oh Christ, it, it doesn't look like she's breathing, man. I, I'm calling 911. Rick reaches into his pocket and grabs his phone and is about to dial, but stops when he notices the woman's head twitch. Wait, did you see that? See what? Her, her head. It, it moved. The woman slowly moves her head from side to side, moaning as Tony kneels down next to her. Hey lady, you okay? You want us to call for help or something? The woman suddenly flips on her back and arches up, revealing a growing bloodstain on her crotch. Oh shit, she's bleeding. Rick dials 911 as Tony notices something moving in both of the woman's pant legs. What the hell is that? The woman laughs as Tony and Rick watch in horror as several blood-covered snakes slither out of her pant legs onto the floor. Tony jumps back as one of the snakes zips past his foot and disappears into the sea of garbage in the kitchen as the other snake slithers toward Rick, who jumps out of the way and accidentally drops the phone as the 911 operator can be heard answering. What's your emergency? All the candles in the room suddenly illuminate. What the fuck? Rick reaches down for the phone, but the woman sir? grabs his wrist before he can pick it up. Your efforts to seek help are futile, my son, as nobody will be able to help you. Would you like to meet Ruth's husband and daughter? Rick jerks his hand away and screams at the phone. Help us, please! 
The woman what grabs the phone and throws it against the wall, shattering it into several pieces in front of a terrified Rick. Ah, those public servants hired to protect and serve you may arrive at some point soon in a valiant effort to help you and bust through that door like some kind of high-flying superheroes. But they'll be too late, as they will find nothing but bits and pieces of you. Rick looks at Tony. Let's go. Tony and Rick run into the kitchen as the woman sits on the floor, cackling and taunting them. <laughs> Give Mandy and Carl my regards. Rick and Tony run toward the door in the kitchen but quickly stop when the stairs can be heard creaking. Did you hear that? Tony leans in close to the door as the creaking continues and gets closer. S somebody is... A decomposed hand suddenly springs out of the darkness and grabs Tony around the throat. Get it off me! Rick stands petrified as the decomposed body of Ruth's husband steps into the light of the camera. Fuck me. Tony kicks and punches at Carl, knocking off chunks of rancid flesh as he struggles to break free. Tony looks at Rick. Do something! The woman's laughter can be heard coming from the living room. <laughs> Do something! Help me! Help! Ruth's daughter's hands suddenly spring from the darkness and tear into Tony's chest. Tony screams out in agony as Mandy's fingers sink into his chest and pull away the skin and bone, dumping his internal organs all over the floor. Rick vomits as Mandy collapses to the floor and desperately shovels Tony's organs into her mouth. Carl tosses Tony's lifeless body into the corner of the kitchen, slamming it against the wall. Tony's body falls to the floor and crumples over into the garbage as snakes surround his body and consume his remains. Rick runs out of the kitchen toward the front door, but stops when he finds the woman standing in front of it, holding a snake. Why are you in such a hurry to leave? It's rather insulting to me that you don't appreciate my hospitality I've painstakingly been trying to provide to you. I can assure you, now is not the time to depart this dwelling, as things are just getting started. <laughs> the woman holds a snake out in front of her. Would you like to pet it? Stay away from me, you crazy bitch! A footstep can be heard right behind him, causing Rick to spin around and find Carl lumbering toward him his arms out in a desperate attempt to grab hold of Rick. Rick dodges Carl's grasp and runs down the hall, using the light from the camera to guide him as Carl and Mandy slowly make their way down the hall. Rick opens a bedroom door and quickly goes in and slams the door shut. Rick locks the door and backs away from it when his feet hit black plastic and he slips, causing him to hit something wet against the back of his neck. What the...? Rick spins around and stands in horror as the light from the camera reveals a dozen skinned cats, all hanging from small hooks in the ceiling. Something bangs against the door, drawing Rick's attention as he watches the doorknob twist. Leave me alone! Rick all of a sudden hears laughter coming from outside the window. Help me! Rick pushes past the hanging carcasses and grabs the blanket and tears it down, finding three two-by-fours nailed to the window. Through the openings, he sees two teenage girls standing by the window. They jump back and scream when they see him as two young teenage boys standing back by the road laugh. 
You gotta get, get me help. She's gonna, she's trying to kill me. The girls, scared, run as the boys hurl several eggs at the window before they get in a car and speed off. No, no, come back, please. Now, kids can be so cruel. Lucky for them, I'm currently preoccupied with your murder. Rick turns around, finding the woman standing right behind him. Stay away from me! Rick backs away from the woman as clawing and banging can still be heard on the other side of the door. Please don't kill me. I don't want to die. The woman closes her eyes tight and slaps the side of her head, then opens them, looking at Rick. I tried to warn you. Why didn't you listen to me? Ruth? I'm going to get you out of here, but you have to hurry. The woman holds her hand out. Give me your hand. Rick reaches out and grabs her hand, and in one quick motion, the woman jerks Rick toward her and drives the blade <laughs> of a knife deep into his stomach. This one bone every minute. <laughs> Men really are stupid creatures. Rick falls to his knees, gripping his stomach, trying to stop the flow of blood as the woman walks over to the door and unlocks it. Rick looks up at the woman as she opens the door, letting Carl and Mandy charge in and tear him Several days later, we find Ruth's house is surrounded by police tape as officers walk in and out of the house. Samantha Roberts, in her 20s, an attractive brunette, wearing a high-end business suit, takes several deep breaths and does several mouth exercises before stepping in front of a camera. After several days of intense investigation, detectives are telling me that they now believe there to be more bodies than previously expected in this modern house of horrors. America has been captivated by this horrific story and how law enforcement tracked the phone of Rick Hermanson after receiving a chilling 911 call. When officers arrived at this house, they found the mangled and mutilated remains of him and his friend, Tony Carnahan. As previously reported, they were in the process of taping their reality show, Push and Paper, for their YouTube channel. Since this tragedy, viewership has surged with numbers unlike anything they've seen before on their show. As this tale unfolds, we will keep you informed of all the details. Back to you, Michael. This concludes the twisted tale, Serving Ruth. Remember to keep those ears open for upcoming episodes of Twisted Tales of Madness and Murder Presents wherever podcasts are found.